what is the podcast called, Sam? This is the Premise Podcast. Yeah, it is. What every week? What do we do, Stephen? We uh, we have a new premise and therefore a new podcast every week. Wow, that was awesome. That was really good. Um, yeah, that might that's be what p- we are. Sorry, Sam. Oh, that just might be the best thing we've ever done. Just then. Yeah, that that's intro. our Oscar moment. It was really smooth. Yeah, that was our Oscar for best. Can I say best podcast news? They announced last week that movies don't have to be released in theaters in order to be el- eligible anymore. They announced that like last so, week. Maybe we could just put this over some clips and turn it into a film. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for my one semester, we'd probably be the best podcast to do that, right? I'd say so. Definitely not a Pete Holmes podcast. I I feel like you're trying to start a podcast feud. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if I'd use the word feud per se right now. I love Pete Holmes, but I'm willing to put my love for Pete Holmes aside if you guys want to like feud with him and uh, start mm-hmm. a podcast. We we need a podcast I mean, I feud. You're right about that. This is a premise podcast, and we're looking for a podcast to feud with. So if you're Pete Holmes and um, something we say today – you know, just gets under your skin or annoys you. Or if you want to kind of have a podcast, a You Made It Weird podcast devoted to kind of burning us back and then we'll um, have a whole thing going on with you. Um, or if you have some other podcast and you want to do it, uh, I think we'll take whatever we can get right now. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. Pete Holmes cool. is definitely well, going to right? He's going to listen to this. He'll, he, he, I'm sure he listens to this. You emailed it to him, right? I'm, go- I'm going to email it to him. I haven't done it yet. Okay. Um, we're about to get into um, the podcast this week is the best adapted screenplay podcast. That's the one where every week um, we take a book, a movie that was adapted from a book um, and write a scene from the movie back into the book and see if it fits. How does that sound, you guys? It sounds I mean, we do it every week, so it sounds good. We do it every week, so, all right. Welcome back to the Best Adapted Screenplay Podcast. I'm Bo Segris, and my co-hosts... Sam Hudson. And... Stephen Mark. (laughs) We gotta work on our timing. It's, it's, that's the biggest problem with the quarantine, is you can't do visual timing with each other. That's the worst part. Um, our, our guest today is a friend of the pod, a faithful listener. He's listened to every episode so far. Isn't that right, Matt Carey? Hey, how are y'all doing? Um, I listened to the first 15 minutes of the first podcast. So if we're counting that as all the podcasts so far, I've listened to all of them. You made it further than I did, Matt. You made it further than I did. Neither you nor Sam has listened to. Oh, but sorry. Let me be clear. How often do you listen to the best adapted screenplay podcast? Oh, that's a, that's every week. Okay. This podcast I've only listened to once, but the best adapted screenplay is every week. Premise, you, premise you... podcast. What do you mean? What is that? Matt, I got to know what you thought of the episode uh, about uh, the book and movie versions of Curious George. Um, it was okay. I thought y'all left out some details, but. You got most of them. Like what? What would you have liked us to include, Matt? Tell me. Be specific. In the Curious George episode? Yeah. Yeah. Please. 
See, I was this the movie with Jack Johnson soundtrack? Was that the one y'all were covering? And Will Ferrell Ferrell was the man in the yellow hat. Yeah. Was he really? Yeah. See, I didn't know that. I would have been great information to have gotten from it. We applied that a lot. I feel like I'm arriving at a job interview where I'm woefully ill-prepared. I'll be honest. If this were a job interview, Matt, I don't think we'd hire you for the Best Adapted Screenplay podcast. Oh, I'm vibe, but let's keep going. You are a friend of the pod, though. Um, this week, have I already said what we're doing this week or no? No, we haven't. No. We haven't said it. No. Wow, we got really off track. <laughs> um, so every week on this podcast. Like for those new listeners, you know, like we do every week. Um, the best adapted screenplay. We take, we watch a movie that has been adapted from a book, and then we try to adapt that movie back. Take a scene that's not in the in the book and adapt it back into the book to see if it fits. And if that doesn't make sense, I don't know what does. Yeah, it's pretty clear. <laughs> um, uh, we've done it with Clueless and Emma. Uh, we've done it with The Goldfinch, which was we a did- very recent episode, I suppose. We did all the Harry Potters. We did every single Harry Potter. Every chapter of the Harry Potters we did. And Most we did, of them unreleased episodes. And I liked when we did the uh, Fantastic Beasts episodes. We did two of those. Yep. There's Ooh. a lot of Harry Potter books. Yep. Um, <laughs> we did Metropolis, which was a 1927 movie. Mm. Our listeners were big fans of that movie. They had all seen it before. Yeah. Um, we're still awaiting the uh, we're still awaiting the Alice Shrugged film, but that will be a good episode. <laughs> you you know, have have you seen the two part film that's on? I think you can get it on Prime Video. No way. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's two uh, films for Atlas Shrugged. It's just okay. <laughs> I watched part one. Okay. In the tradition of Shakespearean plays that were turned into uh, teen movie classics. Just like, um, what's it called? She's the Man with Amanda Bynes is Twelfth Night. Sure is. Uh, what are some other examples? Lion King, I suppose, is Hamlet. Mm-hmm. You knew that, right, Matt? Yep. What's another one? Another Shakespearean play that's been modernized? There's the pretty- 90s movie Romeo and Juliet where it's just kind of weird. Yeah, Bob. Yeah. And then, Caprio. you know this, but... Taken is Othello. Is it? No shit. I'm no pretty way. sure. Yeah. Taken. Wait, did you say Taken or Tangled? I think. I don't think. I, <laughs> I actually think both of them are. <laughs> They're both Othello. That makes sense. <laughs> That's why the titles are so similar. Um, yeah. Well, this week we're doing the 1999 classic starring Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, and I just want to be so clear. Is- every week that this is not a movie review podcast so we'll make sure for those listeners out there who know that the hate it when we review the movie just know that we're not going to do that okay we're going to try to stick we've received your hate mail we're responding accordingly death threats we're not going to review (laughs) there was one death threat in particular that was a little preachy for me I really like it when I get one that has the magazine squares cut out because they put so much time and effort into it You know that person really cared. They really spent the time to do that. It's really sweet, actually. Hey, I'd actually rather get one of those. Care. Yeah, I'd rather get one of those than like a letter that said you did a good job, just typed out. You know, just yeah. 
Um, <laughs> ten things I hate about you. If you haven't seen it before, uh, we're not going to comment on what we think about the quality of the movie, but it is based on the Shakespeare play Taming of the Shrew. Um, he composed that in the last decade of the 16th century. Um, and we'll get into it. Now, our guest, just as we said earlier, Matt Carey, um, he's here because he is a very skilled person at writing an iambic pentameter, and he's going to help us with that. How'd you acquire that skill, Matt? Oh, wow. You are way too kind, and I have no idea where you're drawing that uh, compliment from. It's Um, true, isn't it? Yeah, I like to give a lot of my credit to probably fifth grade when I was in Miss Vine's class. Um, This was her creative way of punishing students. And uh, I just decided, hey, I want to be good at getting in trouble, so I'm going to be good at iambic pentameter. So. Wow. Oh, could you give us a little really taste good. of iambic and tell us what iambic pentameter is for sure. those of us who've um, forgotten? Sure. So the key strokes you're about to hear um, have nothing to do with anything. <laughs> and iambic ahead, pentameter don't, don't is wait, a line of verse with five metrical feet. Does that make sense? Uh, I like to think that your listeners are smart enough where they've already picked that up. So. Oh yeah. Oh, you think because the listeners are smart, you're good. You don't need to explain anymore? I, I, I don't need to connect dots that they already know are connected all right. in that, their head. That's okay. I, we trust you. You're the iambic pentameter expert, after all. Um, have you has have we all read the play Taming of the Shrew before? Oh, I, uh, I read it in high school, but I haven't read it since high school. Okay. Stephen, when did you read it? I, I don't. Uh, I don't read. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. So Steven's illiterate. I'm, um, I'm, I'm familiar. I'm familiar, but uh, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't like it. Uh, I think the statements made uh, by the, it's a play, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah it's Shakespeare. Uh, yeah, it's not a sonnet. I, you were confused that it was a sonnet. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm familiar. I just... The politics of it, I just don't agree with. Uh, You know, that's actually fair. We can get into that later without making too much commentary. But I think the things I hate about you kind of did a good job updating it for modern times, especially for the 90s, when it included jokes about PMS and the word bitch a lot. (laughs) You know know what part surprised me when I went to rewatch 10 Things I Hate About You? I didn't remember One Week by Bare Naked Ladies was the title song. It's got a bang soundtrack. Uh-huh. The whole soundtrack. I it goes straight from one week to bad reputation. I know. It's a jam and stuff. And the best part about that is I think those are they're used diegetically, so it shows you that the, the kind of cool girls at the school listen to bare naked ladies. While those are like the mm-hmm. popular kind of bratty girls. While, you know, our main character Katarina is cool and she listens to, you know, bad reputation. Yeah. She's she's not the biggest BNL fan. Now, Matt and Steven, have you guys seen the film? No. Oh, uh, I have, I have. Uh, didn't watch too closely, but uh, I'm a big fan of Heath Ledger. So yeah. Okay, so you guys will just have to. This is very similar to his performance in The Dark Knight. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you think about it. We He's don't need so to get too much into that. But... Um, it's really a shame. Watching this made me really sad that he's not with us anymore, and just like. To think of all the, but it's also a good thing because it's like, I'm glad, you know, he would just be in like all the Marvel movies. He would probably like be like 
like uh, the Winter Soldier if he was still alive, you know? Just because of his hair. Did you say he it was a good winner. thing just a second ago? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, well, okay. uh, I don't know about that. And what's our catchphrase? We'll edit that out in post. We try to say that every episode. Um, cool, cool, cool stuff. Um, let's let's give a little bit since Matt and Steven haven't seen the film. Sam, let's give them a little bit of the plot. Is that okay? Yeah. Um. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt, his character Cameron, shows up at this new high school. Um, he makes friends with another kid whose name escapes me. Michael. Um, basically, Joseph Gordon-Levitt falls in love with a sophomore girl named Bianca. And we think uh, it's probably a junior, right? Because he can go to prom, but he's not a senior. Is that what we think? Yeah, I guess he's a junior. Um, now, Bianca has an older sister, Kat. Kat's a, she's the shrew, quote-unquote. Um, I use that term only objectively here. Uh, she and she is kind of, you know, she doesn't play by anybody else's rules. She's her own woman. And their father, Ken Bianca's sisters, their father, played by Larry Miller, has a rule that Bianca cannot date until Kat dates, which Kat doesn't want to do. Um, so now Cameron, Joseph Lord, Gordon Levitt's character, uh, really wants to date Bianca. And so he hatches this plot to get Catherine, Cat, a girlfriend, so that he can date Bianca. You following so far, you guys? Absolutely. Matt? I'm sorry, I didn't get that. <laughs> Wait, what? You haven't been listening? No, I was. I was I'm just playing. Okay, well, that was, that was a good prank. Have you watched the new Punked on Quibi? No. You know what? You know what? Don't answer that. We got to keep going. No, I'd rather talk about Quibi. Uh, listen, we all know Quibi's great. Let's just move on. They're our sponsor today. Download Quibi, because what else are you going to do? Quibi. Um, Quibi is that because technically TV, they don't have to pay uh, like any of their writers or production staff by union like rules. So they can like oh. pay people less money for the work that the same work they would do on something else. Isn't that cool? Oh, interesting. That's, and that's why they are our sponsor today because we also don't pay people. Sorry, Matt. No. Um, but, but did you pay JT for the for the theme song? Huh? Did you pay JT for the theme song? He paid me. Get some exposure. We've never, I, f- I forgot to credit them on the first episode, JT and Beckham, let's just, we'll come back to that. We'll cut out some of this in post. Um, all right. Whew. And so, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his friend hatch a plan. They get the hot guy, hot, rich model high schooler. He's a senior, Joey Donner. Um, he's horning in on Bianca. So they pay him money. They tell him, hey, you can't date Bianca until her older sister has a girlfriend, so you're going to go pay Heath Ledger money to kind of court uh, Kat. And they Sorry, start pause. to develop a relationship. He's um, gonna, you, start, pause, pause, yeah. pause. Did you say horning up? He he horns in. You don't horn up, you horn in. Horning, horning so he can in. court Kat. And court Kat, as we all know, is uh, what someone with no teeth calls a Kit Kat. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, um, you can tell Heath Ledger's kind of doing this for the money. And then there's this party that they go to. Bianca wants to go to the party, and Kat reluctantly agrees. Again, Bianca can't go to the party unless Kat does. And Heath Ledger is there. 
Cat gets drunk is kind of a rebellious thing, and she starts to actually fall for Heath Ledger. She leans in for a kiss, and the Heath Ledger character, whose name is Patrick, I should say, um, does not kiss back. He doesn't kiss back because he's he feels bad about the whole taking money to date someone thing. Um, and she he doesn't explain this to her, obviously. That's a hard thing to explain. So she goes away embarrassed and confused. Now, the next scene is the one that we're going to try to write back into the play. This is like what I would call the famous scene, right, Sam? Yeah. This is the scene that people really remember. Um, he's, she's at soccer practice cat and... Heath Ledger uh, sings that Four Seasons song, Can't Take My Eyes Off You, um, over the PA system, gets the marching band to play along with him. It's very romantic. What do you think of that scene, Matt? I I loved every bit about it. My biggest takeaway was how interesting that high school stadium was. And then it's huge, yeah. the uh, cop response time. Was yeah. quick or slow? Yeah, I you? thought it was rapid extremely quick I, I had the same thought i thought if that happened at the high school i went to during a after school soccer practice it would just be allowed to go on indefinitely no one would stop that we didn't yeah, have also, there wasn't just one cop there were two there were do you two. think they had had that problem before at that high school yeah that's what i think i think they knew it was going to happen and they were like we got to be on the lookout for this now the taming of the shrew storyline patrick is petruchio they're very clever with these names i'm pretty um, sure Petruchio. Yeah. Ooh. I'll start <laughs> over. <then. laughs> Patrick is Petruchio. Um, basically, same deal. Bianca and Katarina. Um, Bianca's not allowed to marry until Katarina does, so all of Bianca's suitors um, go and hire this man who's just rolled into town, Petruchio, um, to marry her, and he does... Well, he wants to, and they have this kind of good banter back and forth. He contradicts everything she says. Um, don't know if that's him being a jerk or that's how he flirts, because I also didn't read the play, I must admit. <laughs> I mean, I got to say, reading the plot on Wikipedia, it sounds really boring. <laughs> pardon, pardon. I had someone read me the plot on Wikipedia, and it sounds very boring. <laughs> you don't think it was their delivery? It was uh, probably I mean, their delivery. Season. It's just very unoriginal. Like, I mean, literally, this guy Petruchio, all he does to tame this shrew is, is contradict every single thing she says, and then she falls in love with him or something. It is very unoriginal. It's it's almost taken straight from Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, and right? I don't know. I just I pick up some uh, some insult vibes from it. I'm not really liking it. So the next thing that happens, Matt, um, is that Petruchio basically tells someone in front of Kat, Katarina, that they're going to get married on Sunday, and she doesn't object. So I think if you read the play, you kind of get this idea that she's actually falling for him, and that's why she doesn't object. Um, the, some of the main themes from the play are kind of uh, subjection and kind of husband-wife dynamics that are uh, different today. Um, but basically it's the day of the wedding, um, and everyone is there, including the bride and Petruchio has not shown up yet. And, uh, Kat leaves the altar in tears. Oh, wow. um, very similar to when Kat in the things I hate about you leaves the car in tears after he did not kiss her back. So that's where we're going to enter 
our own version of the marching band scene back into that. Does that sound okay, everybody? Sounds great. Sounds lovely. Okay, so can we all uh, go to our PDFs of Taming of the Shrew? Act 3, scene 2. Act 3, scene 2. No shame but mine. I must, forsooth, be forced to give my hand opposed against my heart. Very nice. Enter Petruchio and Grumio. Come, where by these gallants? Who's at home? You are welcome, sir. And yet I come not well. Not so well, pearled, I wish you were. Were it better I should rush in thus. But where is Kate? Where is my lovely bride? How does my father, gentles me, thinks you frown? And wherefore gaze this goodly company as if they saw some wondrous monument, some comet or unusual prodigy? And we're good. Uh, We went farther than I meant to let us. Um, (laughs) So now we have to write our scene, which is uh, Petruchio serenading uh, Katerina. Um, And we have to talk this through because we have a big problem because the song that they use in the movie is not a royalty-free song. So we can't mention it. <laughs> we Well, we can mention it, but we can't <laughs> sing it or say all the words to it. Uh, the song that they use is Can't Take My Eyes Off You by The Four Seasons, oh, and that's about as far as we can go with it. Just in case we want it, this I, just, I wonder if this will be easier, and I think this is we can talk this through and figure it out. Um, we can try to parody the song, or for the sake of time, I have a list of royalty-free songs that we could use, um, that mm-hmm. Petruchio could use to serenade Katharina. Um, take me out to the ball game. That's good. House, House of the Rising like, Sun. Gets me going. Classic animal shit. Camp Town Races. Uh, happy Birthday. It's only recently uh, public domain, and that's never wow. happened before. Um Love Me Do is public domain, but only in Europe and Canada. <laughs> well, we're in Canada. Uh, well, we also can't just lie, though. <laughs> and get away with parody lot. But I like which, where your head's headed. Um, you're a grand old flag would be free for us to use. We could change it to you're a grand old hag. That might oh. fit into this. Um but also, there's a public domain song that I found that almost seems to have kind of the same point to I just can't uh, to can't take my eyes off you. This is called I just can't make my eyes behave. Oh, let's see if, if this seems like something Petruchio would say to Katerina. Here we go. It says, <clears throat> I just can't make. Should I do it in Petruchio's voice? Uh, sure, yeah. Let's see how I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I can remember his voice, but I'll try. It sounded like you were doing like a, a John a John Lovitz, maybe? <laughs> I just can't make my eyes behave. Yeah, that's <laughs> two, two bad brown eyes. I am their slave. My lips may say, run away from me. But my eyes say, come and play with me. Yeah. So creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we want. That's a good song. Yes. Right? We can splice in a little a little taste of the song here because we can, we can do whatever we want with the song because it's uh, royalty free. In the northeast corner of my face, 
That's right. Okay, so we want to to write a Shakespearean scene in the style of Shakespeare. I have a pentameter. Matt, you're going to help us with that part. Um, and it's going to be Petruchio singing this to Cat in a in a stadium. What kind of stadium is this? Like a what you, do they do you know, in the 1990s? <laughs> it could be at Globe Theater. That may be too on the nose. Um, now, Shakespeare never said where the wedding was being held. Oh, do we know, is it uh, Italian, the, tame the, the tame of, Taming the Shrew? Uh, yeah, I think it takes Italy. I think this one does. Sure, seems yeah. to be Italian. Yeah, 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 yeah. We could find out with an easy Google search. Let's just not. Let's just assume it's Italy. I guess this is Act 3, Scene Two and a half, right? Because we're just entering yeah. it right it's in. It's just like it's just like the Lion King. Yeah, you know, I had that Lion thought King, too. Lion one King, and one and a half. half. Katharina sits on a field in the middle of a wedding stadium, right? So the wedding's taking place at the stadium. Enter Petruchio on scene by. Katarina, how's this looking so far? It looks great. How do we handle in the scene he, he gets the PA system and has a microphone? How do we do that for um, late 16th century stadium? I, we got a few ways. Maybe they had some type of megaphone thing where, you know, you can put it around his mouth and it just makes it bigger, you know, like a, when you roll a piece of paper. But also what's more likely is that there was, he was far away and he had a guy with him who would hear what he said and just say it again closer to other people. So, that is okay. literally exactly what I was picturing. Basically, he would yell it at someone and they would yell it at someone else. It's just like an old school speaker system where someone hears it and then they yell it further. Yeah. You need to have somebody at an intermittent distance. Kind of like a relay throw. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so we need to enter Petruchio unseen by Katarina to enter Petruchio unseen by enter Petruchio unseen by Katarina because right. he's so far away. I think we need a new character called Petruchio Speaker, and he just says yeah. everything right after Petruchio says it, but like in all caps. Okay. Okay. So what should his name just be, Petruchio Speaker? Or I think speaker? So. our speak. Speak Trucio, maybe? Speaks Trucio? Okay. He's got two CHs in his name. We don't need too much stage direction. He's he's famous for having few stage directions. We want to stay as close to the immortal bard as we can. We want the director to be able to interpret this a lot and put their own spin on it, you know? Yeah, sure. And I, I think we're going to do a good job of really making this just as Shakespeare would have written it. Yeah. Um, so I just copy and pasted the lyrics right in. Uh, that saves us time. So he sings the song. Now, um, maybe I'll add in every other line um, Spietruccio's part. And can you guys help me with this copy and pasting while yeah. we're doing this? Yeah, sure. And I'll just, I'll just put an exclamation point at the end to save us yeah. time from writing it in all caps. I think uh, a really good plot piece here would be if uh, Spietruccio does not at all introduce that he is speaking on behalf of Petruchio. Oh, yeah, I just think like, you get the point. Katarina it's just has no idea who is yelling at her. Oh, does she mistake Petruchio for someone who actually loves her? 
Maybe. Oh. Maybe. That's the only person she can hear. All right. So Petruccio finishes the last little couplet of um, Petruccio's song. Um, and maybe Katerina, what, what should she, she say? Well, how would Shakespeare write, who the hell are you? Doth cometh uh, from uh, down under. <laughs> oh, because because Heath Ledger's character is Australian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from down under, um, and Spetruccio should say, "Nay." Does he need more? Or no, that's good. That's a good. Spetruccio doesn't really have any feelings or thoughts. <laughs> He's just an. He's epic. just an object. He's yeah. just a pawn in the game of life. Exactly. So nay, in an exunt spetruccio. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, now should Petruccio approach, or should Katerina? Which shall we give Katerina an aside where she figures out that it is Petruccio? Oh yeah, we should give her an aside. Matt might be a little lost because he hasn't seen the film. I'm all over. I'm not. I don't have access to the Google sheet either. So, oh, <laughs> let me. I'm let me send that over. What's your email? I'll edit it out. Okay, so we're giving Katharina an aside. Um, is did we say she's figuring out that this is Petruccio, or is she saying something else? Matt, you haven't chipped in. You want to write this aside? It really needs to be an iambic pentameter. Yeah, do it, Matt. Do it. It's da 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 da. It is. That's correct. It's da 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 da. Fun fact: at the end of the movie, when she reads her poem, she it is an iambic pentameter. You know, I'm just rewatching the scene, and I swear this the, one of the cops. He's a, he's a big fella. He looks just like uh, the cop that was at my high school, and I'm guessing <laughs> was at every single high school. I guess it, I think it was the same one. Yeah. What 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 does uh this mean for it to be an aside? What is she doing? Yeah, okay, <laughs> he's like saying to herself. No one Malcolm in the middle, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, I like the okay. office. Malcolm sometimes office. talks to the camera. Are in the office. Oh, okay, so we're, we're breaking, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, it's yeah. breaking the fourth wall. She's talking to the audience, and the other characters can't hear her. <clears throat> it's like um, in House of Lies when Don Cheadle talks to the audience. Yeah, just like in that show. Yeah, does that help more. Uh, sure. Do we? <laughs> so does does Katarina? Is she familiar with these uh, these people that are um, speakers? <laughs> no. So maybe she should ask. Um, here's something like, "Doth mine ears deceive me?" <laughs> That's something. Didn't Shakespeare come up with that? Yeah, he recycled that. stuff every now and then. All the time. All the time. Maybe she should describe the speaker so that Matt, I'm just gonna write this in a stream of consciousness and you edit it so it's in an iambic pentameter. Right, okay. So maybe she should describe the speech the speechio. Um like like this really here little man um with bulbous eyes. Help me out, guys. <laughs> Da 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 da. Something about his feet, I think. Oh, uh, and missing feet. <laughs> he has no feet. <laughs> Petruccio doesn't have any feet. No, Petruccio has feet. Spe- Spe- yeah. Petruccio doesn't have feet. Petruccio has uh, no feet. 
Yeah, he has no feet. <laughs> um, he is a speaker, after all. Does he speaketh from his own heart or mouth? What's the better word here? You know, I think we've lost iambic pentameter a while ago, but I think technically <laughs> it just kind of depends on your um, how you enunciate your words, where you can make literally yeah. anything iambic pentameter. So I think we're good. You make a lot of stuff. He like from his deceive me. Not mine, here's the deceive me. This here, little that we're good. How about mongrel? Mongrel, does that help with iambic pentameter? Uh, this here, this here, little mongrel with bull the size and missing feet. Yeah, that's good. All right, from his own mouth. Yeah, from his own mouth. Um, or could it be? What? What? How should she describe Petruchio? Love of mine. Um, oh, we should put in um something. We should reference that in the movie. Uh, Allison Janney's character, who play who works in the office, is writing this like sexy novel, and she. That's true. A lot of different words to describe like uh, penis, and she says member. She says bratwurst. Um, I think if we if we put in the word we could we could throw bratwurst in here as an allusion to the movie. I think that'd be great. That's a good nod. Um, the okay. Uh, the bratwurst love of mine. No, the, is that yeah, he's the contrarian. Worst love of mine. What did you say, Stephen? And the only thing we know about Petruchio really is that he's a contrarian and he's not rich. He's not. Oh, that's why he wants the money to, to marry her. So we'll say that he's poor. Poor. Yep. He's poor in money. <laughs> the classic Shakespearean phrase. He's poor in money. Um, but he speaketh. But rich in member. <laughs> he is oh. rich in member. He's rich in bratwurst. Richly and hath bratwurst. Okay. How's that? So wait, are we writing an erotic novel? <laughs> it, it seems like we kind of are right now. Um, should, should we say something where she decides to marry him? Well, we need to no, we need to take off or add another syllable in that sentence. <laughs> um, Who speaketh rich? Has somebody close us out? Where are we? So what's happening now? What's what's Petruchio up to? Does it matter? I, I don't. I still think she can't see him. I think he's too far away to see. He's he's just past the horizon. Okay, so he's just like waiting. <laughs> yeah, he's standing, running from cops. Running from. <laughs> Maybe we should add that in. Enter cops, the famous Shakespeare character. <laughs> they chase Petruchio. Okay. Chase Petruchio towards Katharina. Okay. Okay. Let's just have Katharina decide to say, um, he does love me enough to to sing a royalty-free song for me. Mm -hmm, That's good. How can we... Huh? That's good. Is somebody playing the didgeridoo? How about... um, Oh, loves sweet grasp. Yeah. Um, Love sweet grasp is free of royalties. Petruchio 
sings to me from the public domain and shows his affections cheaply. And that is why I love him. <laughs> is that what Shakespeare would put there? Just saying what they feel? Yeah. Uh, that's why I love him so, okay. I think so. Now, should we read through this, what we have? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Stephen, aren't you already Petruchio? I'd like uh, to yeah. play, Can I read for Petruchio? Yeah, I think that would be good. Okay. Um, Matt, you can do Katharina, and you'll do it in iambic pentameter, and then I'll do stage directions. Katharina sits on a field in the middle of a wedding stadium. Enter Petruchio, unseen by Katharina because he is so far away. Enter Speech Truccio. I just can't make my eyes behave. Too bad brown eyes. I just can't make my eyes behave. Too bad brown eyes. I am their slave. My lips may say. I am their slave. My lips may say. Run away with me. But my eyes say. Run away from me. But my eyes say. Come and play with me. And you won't blame. Come and play with me and you won't blame. Poor little me, I'm sure, for I just can't make my eyes behave. Poor little me, I'm sure, for I just can't make my eyes behave. Doc coming from down under? <laughs> Nay. Exunt Spetruccio. Doth mine ears deceive me. This here little mongrel with bulbous eyes and missing feet speaketh from his own mouth. Or could it be? That bratwurst love of mine, he's poor in money, but he speaketh rich and hath bratwurst. Enter cops. They chase Petruchio towards Katerina. Oh, love sweet grass, Petruchio sings to me from the public domain and shows his affections cheaply, and that is why I love him so. End scene. Wow. Got a little bit less uh, Australian there at the end. <laughs> Sometimes you just feel it. That song is like almost already in iambic pentameter. The yeah. poem that we chose, the song. Yeah, it's it's really close. Like a lot of the well, lines are. That worked out then. Yeah, at least the first um, lines are, are really good. That's not why I picked it. I just picked it because it had the words "cant" and "eyes" in the song title, which is so similar to the Four Seasons song. <laughs> I don't know if that was clear earlier. Um, so now we've, uh, added to the corpus of Shakespeare's works for good. I believe we so. need to decide now, and maybe you can start math, Matt. Um, do you think Shakespeare would be proud of this work? Would he accept it or would he roll over in his grave? You go first. Wow. Um, I think he'd roll over in his grave. Mm-hmm. Why? What, you don't like it? No, I just, um, I believe in that kind of stuff. <laughs> like zombies and. <laughs> I don't think there's any need to get bogged down. I say you move along and ask the next people what they think. But... Okay, you don't want to explain. <laughs> Matt believes in some kind of afterlife or maybe not. Uh, Steven or Sam, whoever wants to go next. I think uh, he would probably 
uh, like give us medals for doing such a good job. And he would say, he would say, wow, I just like, you guys are so like smart and good. Like this would have made such a better play, but uh, I really should have done that, man. I can't believe I didn't do that. Do you guys? And then he would ask us to like, we like kind of do punch up work at all of his other plays. Yeah, like uh, in King Lear, we had a like a dog that can talk for comic relief. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> like in the Tempest, one of the characters just farted a lot. <laughs> Wait, is, is all our is all our punch up work comic relief for Shakespeare? Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. Is like he's like, oh, my plays, my my comedies aren't funny enough. My tragedies aren't tragic enough i need you guys <laughs> well what do you think about it? you think shakespeare would be proud of us yeah i think he'd be proud um i think he'd i think he'd roll over in his grave because he'd be so ashamed that he didn't come up with this himself see i've got a different angle and i think i can speak with some authority because i share the same birthday as uh shakespeare but i i don't think he would i think he would read this and he would immediately just like snap and say not enough misogyny. <laughs> yeah. You're right. The rest of the play is, is has a lot of that. So it sounds like it's even, 50-50. Shakespeare will or won't roll over in his grave. Yeah. I think We've done good work his today. Grave because we gave him a boner. He'll just like prop him up and then he'll just topple over because of the moment yeah. of inertia. Yeah. Exactly. You, think he's, he, you think he's buried... Like belly down? Yeah, belly down. He made that clear. He said I want to be buried belly down. Well, this is this has been a good time. Uh, I think we've we've done good respect to Shakespeare. Um I think I think we've really accomplished something today. I think Sam's right. I think we will get medals for this. We definitely should. Maybe a Nobel Prize. Mm. <laughs> a pull, a Nobel Prize in literature or in peace? In peace. <laughs> okay. Probably both. I feel like we'll probably yeah. get these posthumously. I don't think this <laughs> accomplishment was good That's enough true. for us to if get them while we're alive, but our families yeah. will appreciate them. Yeah, our families. I, not like them t- I think the podcast is going to be this way, Matt. Like everyone, you know, people are. We're going to be going to be like the Van Gogh of podcasters. Like when we're doing, everybody's going to be like, "Oh, this is crap. This is crap." But once we die, people are going to realize this whole podcast is just a gold mine. Wow. Yeah. I and would I, die I, happy knowing that. Say one day when we're all laying face down in our coffins. <laughs> That's right. appreciate y'all inviting me on it's a true honor i understand this is gosh we're we're happy to have you man. y'all don't even have double digit podcasts yet and to be you know one of the i think i might be one of the mount rushmore i think at this point i'm on the mount oh, rushmore of guests well that might not last long just to be on it momentarily is a great honor i mean all the all the presidents would have been on it if they had erected that during the quincy adams administration yeah or sorry, during the James Madison administration. Right, you understand my point. Steven, you got anything? Uh, yeah, just a quick shout out to um, our sponsor today, Captain Mac. 
from Emerald Coast Anglers in Destin, Florida. Uh, you can get a charter fishing trip for two ninety. Bring the whole family. It's a good time. Uh, it's once again uh, legendary Marina Drive in Sandestin, Florida. Wow! Thanks to them. Wow! Did you get Did you get a phone number for that one? Uh, no, they don't do phones. Oh, you just, just gotta go. Mail in. Just hey. nautical flags. But that's all. Just a book with Emerald Coast Anglers. Wow! Thank you, thank you for that, Stephen. Hopefully, they'll pay us handsomely for that i'm sure they will I, oh i'm sure of it i'll i'll make sure of it um for the premise podcast uh our guest matt carey thank you so much for joining yeah thanks matt thank you matt you've kind of already done your outro so no need to speak now for the premise podcast this is bo segrest sam hudson and stephen marcus